Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Kato Aars, counsel at Lydian in Belgium. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening around the world, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help our local clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we are going to be chatting with one of our members in Italy, as we are joined by Michele Bignami, equity partner at NCTM. Today, Michele will be updating us on the future progressive lift of the ban on terminations in Italy. Welcome to the program, Michele. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm very happy to have you on board. Now, let's start with the questions I have for you today. How did the Italian government deal with the pandemic in order to protect the employees and the employers from an economic point of view? Actually, the Italian government during March 2020 issued an immediate ban on termination that was at that time for a few weeks prohibiting any kind of termination for economic and organizational reason. As you may know, in Italy, you cannot fire people at will, but you have to have one good reason. And therefore, the ban was, let's say, encompassing the 95% of the cases. The only few exceptions refer to disciplinary termination and other minor cases. As I said, it was at the beginning meant to be just a temporary measure. And as a matter of fact, we are still, at least partially, under this ban. At that time, together with the termination ban, there was also an issue of extraordinary funds in order to finance the Farlow system. In other words, the companies were helped by the government to keep the system sustainable. They could not fire, but they were, let's say, helped from a financial point of view by the government. Unfortunately, for historic reasons, the Farlow system in Italy is not a single one, but we have different systems. And this meant that not all the employers were in the position to enjoy this help from the state. Eventually, other acts delayed and postponed the ban until August 2020, when, for the first time, were introduced some, let's say, larger exceptions to the ban. These exceptions were mainly connected with bankruptcy and insolvency cases. The most important exception, however, was concerning the possibility to enter into a trilateral agreement between the employee, the employer, and the trade unions. In that case, if all the parties were, let's say, agreeing on the termination, it was possible to proceed with it. Of course, needless to say that the approval of the unions was possible only if the employee received a substantial amount of money. This situation lasted for several months, actually until springtime 2021, when a new set of acts were enacted. And now the current situation is the following. We have some companies that belong to the so-called fashion industry, and this company cannot terminate employees until October the 31st. 
The reason for this absolute ban is due to the fact that the fashion industry was one of the sectors that was most severely hit by the pandemic. And all the other sectors, the other sectors now can have an option either to access to a further furlough system for 13 weeks, and therefore they cannot terminate people until they use the, this extraordinary furlough help, or they can deny and refuse any further support and start terminating people. As a matter of fact, from July the 1st, many companies decided to start terminating people. Although there is a big debate about the future, and the unions are, let's say, studying a strike, a general strike, in order to get some further, let's say, support by the government. That's very interesting, Michele. Thank you. And so basically, you mentioned the ban on terminations. You also mentioned already some exceptions. Are these the main exceptions or are there any other exceptions that we should know about? Well, the main one concerns the dirigenti. Dirigenti are the executives. Executives have always enjoyed a particular status. They are employees to any effect, but they are less protected by the law in comparison with other employees. In particular, they don't enjoy the furlough system. And this was the reason why the companies could terminate executives also during the first wave of the pandemic. There were authors and lawyers who, let's say, objected that this was against a principle of equity, but that was it. Also, the courts held that uh, this exception was sustainable, and therefore, the main exception concerned the executives. Another exception is a technicality. In the contract industry, when you change the contractor, the incumbent has to terminate all his employees and pass them to the new one. And therefore, it was clarified that in this framework, the termination were admitted. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, to at least have some exceptions on the ban on terminations, right? You also mentioned the fashion industry. I was wondering whether there is any particular business sector that has suffered more than others and that is enjoying a particular treatment. I mean, the fashion industry is, is one. The retail sector has been hit very hard also in Belgium. But are there any other business sectors that are being treated differently? Well, for sure, there are other sectors who have been, let's say, acted very seriously by, by the pandemic. However, they were not able to lobby enough to get a special treatment. I in particular refer to the catering industry. As you know, probably it's the, the same in Belgium. All the companies closed their offices and all people were sent home. And therefore, all the canteens and all the, let's say, restaurants were immediately closed. The industry was severely hit, but they were not able to get a special treatment. That's very interesting. Meanwhile, I mean, we're, we're one and a half year into the pandemic. Do you expect any further measures from the government to support businesses? Well, don't forget that Italy is under political campaign. It's a local political campaign that can have influence on the government. And therefore, there is a strong debate about the possibility to extend the ban on termination also to the next year. The association of employers are, needless to say, against this possibility. We have to remind that the right to terminate employees is a constitutional right, 
because it is part of the right to set up enterprises and therefore is a limitation of a constitutional right. On the other hand, the unions and the political parties don't want to lose voters in a, such a delicate moment. And therefore, I would not be surprised to understand that some further, let's say, measure will be enacted in the near future. As far as uh, is today, we, we, we can just make a speculation. Yes, it's always difficult to predict, but it's very interesting, especially in times of elections, what indeed the, the future measures will be to support businesses. Besides the rules on, on termination and the reform of the furlough, do you foresee any structural changes of the labor market? Well, I think that the most important uh, reform will, uh, let's say, concern the smart working. Italy was amongst the first countries introducing a law on smart working. But I have to say that although I participated to the drafting of that law, until the pandemic broke out, the use of the smart working, let's say, organization was very limited. It was a matter of one, at maximum, a couple of days per month. With the pandemic, we all realized that smart working was possible and it was possible to work from home or from remote for a substantial amount of time. However, smart working was also the first measure of prevention that the Italian government envisaged. What I forgot to mention at the beginning of this podcast is that the government ordered all the companies to send their employees home were possible as the first, let's say, prevention measure. And therefore, they abolished all the limitation, all the condition to which the smart working was conditioned before the pandemic came. Now, for the future, there are uh, authors, parties, and association of employers and unions who are discussing about a reform of the original law. And I think this will be one of the new things that we have to expect in 2021. Yes, this seems like a topic for the rest of the world as well. I mean, we're all looking at new ways to structure our work and, and maybe also, let's say, retain some of the good aspects of the pandemic because working from home was for some companies very useful as well. Well, thank you, Michele. It has been a very interesting discussion. It was really great to get to know more about the Italian furlough system and the measures that the government has implemented. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for this wonderful podcast. It was a pleasure also for me. If you'd like to connect with Michele, please click on his bio in the description of this podcast. Also search the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Kato Arts, and thank you for listening. <laughs>